Kitty Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Preston Tobery. Preston is a professional maker and founder of Adaptive Tech and Consulting, a small business that primarily focuses on creating adaptive technology for any special needs animal using the latest technology, including 3D printing and 3D modeling. His partnership with Hannah Shaw led to the development and creation of the popular Mega Feeder 3000, as well as an assisted walking device for her foster kittens. They can be seen on Instagram at kittenxladykittens and Badger and Chloe. Preston's full-time job for the University of Maryland Libraries is the coordinator of maker technologies. He is an expert in teaching students and faculty how to use maker technologies, including 3D printing, 3D modeling, and augmented reality. He specializes in helping bring ideas to reality and utilizes cross-campus collaboration to bring these technologies into the classroom. Preston also serves as a mentor and advisor for many public and educational maker spaces in the Capital Region. Preston, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Hi, Stacy. Thank you for having me. So this is an incredible story. It sounds like you have found your niche, found your passion. I will be honest and I say I don't know a lot about this technology, 3D printing, 3D modeling, all of this stuff. So I'm so eager to learn so, so much today. But let's start out first. Share with us how you got involved with trying to help special needs cats and your story around that. Absolutely. It all started back in April of 2017. Um, My wife, Amber, who is a fantastic cat lady, she had been following Hannah Shaw, aka the Kitten X Lady, on Instagram for quite some time because who doesn't like cute kitten pictures, right? (laughs) (laughs) So Hannah had posted a new foster kitten named Chloe who had looked like she had rear leg problems. And uh, we had followed the story for a couple of posts, maybe two or three days, and it turned out that Hannah was completely all in with Chloe and her rehabilitation. She had taken Chloe several times to a local vet, and with laser and acupuncture therapy, Chloe was actually showing some signs of improvement and the ability to walk again. That's when I reached out via Instagram messaging to Hannah. And at first I was like, there is no way somebody like Hannah with over half a million followers on Instagram is going to, you know, respond to me. There's just no way. So to my surprise, 20 minutes later, she responded with great enthusiasm. And the cool thing was, is that that day, I actually have a very long commute. We spent almost an hour and a half as I'm driving home talking about how we can help little Chloe walk again. So the next day I drove over and the cool thing was is that Hannah used to live about six miles from my job. So I drove over and with some measuring tapes and sketch materials and we got right to work with taking measurements of Chloe and sketching some ideas down and stuff like that. So we decided to create a assisted walking device, not so much a wheelchair because Chloe was showing signs of improvement. So we actually both worked on this device. I did most of the modeling and the three 
3D printing. Hannah was busy sewing up a custom fit harness to attach to the actual device. One of the many, many things she's good at. <laughs> she's <laughs> remarkable. But uh, once we had it ready, uh, Chloe got her new wheels, and that day was fantastic. It actually turned into probably the cutest photo shoot I've ever seen in my life. She took it home and used it with Chloe for a few days, but we noticed that Chloe wanted absolutely nothing to do with the walker. She was very uncomfortable. She was meowing a lot. And so we decided that this is something that doesn't need to be fixed. Cats don't like to be contained. And we decided that we're not going to force Chloe into something that she just doesn't want to do. She actually turned out to be better scooting around on her side and having her legs follow her. So that was kind of the first little step into the work I've done with Chloe. Uh, Hannah posted a YouTube video about it. It was super popular, had a couple million views. You know, it, it just kind of became history. <laughs> so then back in 2008 or 17, almost to the day, Hannah called me about her new foster badger, which she had found three or four days prior to calling me. He was born premature and he was in super, super bad shape behind an oil painting at a local art studio in D.C. So Hannah had rescued him from certain death and he was tube fed for a number of days after she got him. She took badger to the same veterinarian and he was found to have a congenital abnormality called mega esophagus. So what mega esophagus is, is basically certain parts of the esophagus are enlarged and they can result in regurgitation, aspiration, and discomfort if the cat eats at a normal angle. So this is really a known disease in canines. And Hannah had done a bunch of research to try to find some sort of device that would allow little badger to eat at the proper angle to allow gravity to assist the food down through these enlarged areas so he wouldn't have discomfort. She had no luck. It was all devices created for dogs. And as we know, with Chloe, cats don't like to be contained. And the things that are made for dogs are actually like a, a box that they sit up in. And we wanted something a little bit more open for the cat so it wouldn't go crazy on us. So as soon as she called me, I basically dropped what I was doing and drove as fast as I could to her house to meet Badger. And again, we sketched up some ideas. This time I had my laptop with me. I was able to bring up 3D modeling software and create a very rough idea within a couple of minutes of this feeding device. And basically what we were trying to do is, is have a box that was like six or eight inches tall and then a way to hold a bowl at a 45 degree angle. That way Badger could stand up on the step and then eat from the bowl on his own. So I came back home that night and I printed out a very crude box that held a specific bowl, took it back down the next day, and we found out that this prototype actually was going to work. The next thing that we worked on was an actual finished device that had an articulated arm that could move up and down and kind of grow with Badger as he got bigger. It was super, super amazing to see Badger eating on his own with this condition and being able to, to eat very comfortably. So then a few days later, Hannah created a wonderful YouTube video about Badger, his story. It went live. And then that's when, oh my goodness, within two days, I got about 50 couple emails and a couple of phone calls asking where they can get this device. And lo and behold, we had no idea that mega esophagus was popular in cats. Badger was the first time that we had ever even thought of this disease. 
that's kind of when adaptive tech and consulting was born. I said, well, this is a this is a good opportunity to create these devices for people that need them. Adaptive tech and consulting, like you said, primarily focuses on creating these devices for special needs animals. We started with cats. We're doing things with dogs now. We have things in the works for different types of animals like sheep. That's kind of how we got started. That's a great story. It's amazing. And I mean, out of necessity, you and Hannah were able to partner to create something that's helping quite a few other cats out there. You created the feeder in 2017. Is that when that was created? Oh, I'm sorry. It was 2018. Oh, so it's very, very, very new. So you are yes. you're still working to spread the word that it exists out there so that folks that have cats with this situation know that there's this product out there. Absolutely. Yes. And I would also think the veterinary community would be quite interested in this. Have you had any feedback from private veterinarians? Yes. Actually, uh, recently I attended and vended at the uh, cat camp up in New York City, Jackson Galaxy's cat camp. We actually had several vet techs stop by, one or two veterinarians stop by to see the device. And they were fascinated with how something so simple could improve the life of a cat, especially one that could very well be euthanized for no reason. You know, a lot of these cats with problems are almost instantly euthanized because they're not ones that people want. And adaptive tech and consulting is, and kitten lady, Hannah, is is really trying to change that mentality. I would certainly think that the veterinary community would find this extremely fascinating. And you're definitely an entrepreneur in this field. Tell me a little bit more about 3D technology. You make it sound very simple. I just went over to Hannah's. I looked at Badger. We went on my computer and I did some stuff and then magic happened and there you have a product. Is that how it happens? I'm just trying to understand more of the process. You make a design product and then this is something that's then hand produced or is it produced elsewhere and one size fits all for everybody? That's a fantastic question. I get asked that every single day. <laughs> yes, I do make it sound very easy. And honestly, it is very easy. I actually train many, many people on it every single day at, at my full-time job. The way the 3D printing works is it's a very small machine that takes rolls of plastic. They kind of look like wire and it feeds into what we call a hot end. So have you ever used a hot glue gun at home? Yes. Well, it works basically the same way to where you put in a stick of glue in the back. It's solid. It goes through a very, very hot nozzle. It comes out liquid and then rapidly solidifies. That's basically how 3D printing works, at least the 3D printing that I use. The way that it works is you create or you find a three-dimensional file and you can create within like computer-aided design product like Autodesk. And then once you have that file, it gets put into a piece of software that slices that file into layers. So the way the 3D printing works is it builds one layer at a time layer upon layer upon layer until you have a finished product. And what makes 3D printing so special is that rapid prototyping. So the way that it used to be before 3D printing was if you had an idea sketched out, you would send it to a manufacturer, they would mill it out or create it in wood or whatever. That process could take a super, super long time, a few months. Whenever you would get it back in your hands, all this time has passed and sometimes 
sometimes you'll get it back and there's a problem and you have to go through that entire process again. But with 3D printing, it's super rapid. You can get a product in your hands within a few hours, a few days, something that you can measure, make sure everything's correct, something that's easily changeable. Does that make sense? Yes, it does, definitely. It makes a lot of sense to me, and it's amazing that you know you can try things out in a very short period of time and that, okay, well, this isn't working, so we have to go back and we can try something again. Do you want to create amazing videos that get animals adopted? Then check out RescueTube, where they've simplified the creation of adoption and fundraising videos. Volunteers and fosters simply upload raw video, and RescueTube turns it into amazing stories set to music. They even post it on your social media for you. Check out rescue.tube to learn more. In terms of the material that you use for this feeder, I'm assuming it's disinfectable and relatively easy to clean and those kinds of things. Absolutely. So I started with a plastic called PLA, and it's short for polylactic acid. And what makes PLA special is it's biodegradable, and it's made up of cornstarches. So it's super safe to use. It's super safe for the animal that's using it. It's very easy to clean and to disinfect. The other plastic that I'm getting into now is called PETG, and it's short for a super long scientific word that I can't recall off the top (laughs) of my head. But what makes that stuff very special is it's almost made up of the same stuff, but it can handle higher temperatures. So it would actually be able to be put into a dishwasher or something like that. My current products, you can't put in a dishwasher. You have to hand clean them because at a certain point, the plastic gets malleable again. So I'm working with different materials to make it better for my end users, easier to clean, etc. And are these heavy? If you've got the cat stepping up, it must be pretty solid. They're super solid, but they're not heavy. Each device, the Megafeeder 3000, weighs about three pounds and it's completely articulated the arm so it can move up and down. I like to also work with my previous customers. I'll send them emails to say, hey, you've had the mega feeder now for two months. What do you think? Is there anything that you would like to see changed? Stuff like that. So I'm constantly adapting and changing the design to suit the needs of my customers. But yeah, it's super light. It's really easy to uh, handle. It's very portable. You can take it on vacations if you needed to. (laughs) If you took your cat on vacations, of course. How expensive are these? So right now, the uh, the Mega Feeder 2000 Cat Edition is $220 shipped in the continental United States. And then international shipping is just slightly more. So you do cover international? Absolutely. I've actually sold a couple of feeders to Japan. I've sold them to Germany, England, lots in Canada. Um, it's been fantastic. That's great. I know you had mentioned that you are working on some other projects. You know, this one seems like a real aha type of project. Are there other projects in the pipeline for cats that you think might be game changers? I'm always asking people that I meet, especially if they're veterinarian associated. What I'd like to do is create tools that vet techs and veterinarians don't have in their offices. I always get those aha moments when I'm talking to people like they kind of understand 3D printing and stuff like that. But once I say, what is that one tool that you wish you had in surgery, but it doesn't exist? 
and their eyes light up and say, oh my gosh, I get it now. If I had this one tool, it would make my process of helping this cat a lot easier. So that's what I'm really starting to focus on is vet tech tools and stuff to help humans help cats. It would be interesting if you could partner with a veterinary um, school because you're already involved in being an educator and sort of working with even the vet tech students, seeing what they're seeing and as they're learning. And so that then as they go into private practice, they know that there's some more options out there and they're not just stuck with this precise package or things like that. Uh, thinking outside of the box is so valuable. And that was actually a little bit of a conversation we were having before we hit the record button talking about how it's so important to be able to think outside of the box, you know, try to think about new things and learning new things. And are, are there any thoughts around that in our own day-to-day lives, embracing that creativity? Absolutely. I try to be myself as creative as I can every single day, not only with creating devices and thinking about new ideas, but also helping others with daily creation and challenging those things that we take for granted every single day. There's so many things out there that we could change with this type of technology to make life easier. Everybody's in such a hurry now. And if we had some of these tools to help us with our time management, you know, try it. One of my biggest mottos is it's a successful failure. (laughs) The reason I say that is because whenever I'm teaching or whenever I'm talking to people and they're talking to me about, oh, I tried this one thing, but it failed. Well, you know what? It didn't. You learned something from it and you're going to change it and it's going to work. Just give it time. Really put the effort in and once they hear that every failure is a success because you're learning, it really changes people's mentality. That's so true. The failure is in the not trying or the not doing. If you don't do, you're never going to know. You're never going to learn. You're not going to be able to move forward or potentially find an efficiency out there or something that's going to make your day easier, your job easier, and help the overall cause, which here to help each other and to help cats. Preston, if folks are interested in finding out more about the mega feeder and the other work that you're doing, how would they do that? Well, there's several different ways. I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram as well as Facebook uh, under Adaptive Tech and Consulting on both things, as well as my website, www.adaptivetechandconsulting.com. That's where you're going to find the most information as well as ordering information for the devices that I provide. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? The only thing I can think of is to challenge yourself every single day. Try to find those things to help you help cats, help animals, help people. Um, Yeah, that's kind of it, really. I've actually been taking notes as we're chatting here right now, and I can think of so many different things that you could do to help with regards to community cats, so many situations with regards to wildlife, feeding stations, feeding areas, but how to feed cats, but not to feed the whole wide world. There's a huge necessity around design issues from that standpoint, and then the the amount of tools that folks do use in trapping cats also can lend itself tremendously to your design specialties. So I know you're focused on special needs cats and animals and those special needs issues, but I can see this applied in many different ways. Absolutely. Well, Preston, I want to thank you for so much for joining me today and agreeing to be a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. Thank you so much, Stacey. It was a pleasure being on and I really appreciate you reaching out to me. 
thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 